I woke up in a cold sweat, my skin chilled and my mind foggy. What woke me up, I don't remember dreaming or even waking up, but here I am, awake but not sure why. It feels as though I was never asleep at all, but yet I know I was. The feeling of an ease clinging to the back of my thoughts, the feeling of a hidden danger lurking just out of my sight. The pitch black darkness seemed to move and swirl, surely just an illusion, looking over to see my wife sleeping so soundly beside me, comforted my nerves slightly, but didn't resolve the inky fear of what dwelled just outside my range of vision. It was probably just a bad dream, nothing to get worked up over, I said under my breath. Looking over at my bedside clock, 3.08am, shit, way to go with the cliché, I thought glancing back into the darkness that somehow felt alive in an unexplainable way. I got up and headed downstairs to the kitchen for a drink. God, what is it that's just so off? Trying to put my finger on exactly what it was drove me insane. I felt like I was being called to something, like a subconscious pull, but I had no idea towards what. As if I no longer felt comfortable or even belonged in my own home anymore. In fact, I couldn't even identify what I was feeling anymore. Anger? Fear? Sadness? No word could label it correctly, and noticing this fact added to the feeling of impending insanity. My mind clearing up and my drowsiness completely gone. I no longer felt tired, but I still had that lingering dread of something just not right. Rubbing my eyes, I resolved myself to the fact I will not be going back to sleep tonight grabbing a cup of coffee and deciding to go for a walk. Stepping outside, the air was chilled, bordering cold, but I pushed on starting on my journey to nowhere in particular. It was relaxing walking under the stars, and after about an hour, as the night sky gave way to morning, I decided to head back home. I started for a light jog, feeling lighter and more energetic than I ever have before. Walking up the driveway and walking inside, I'm greeted with, the sound of my wife crying upstairs. In a hurry, I rush up to the source to see my wife holding me tightly in her arms and sobbing. Looking up in the window just behind her, I could see the red and blue lights arrive outside. I can't tell you much about where I work. It's in the northern hemisphere in a landlocked location that's fairly remote and not near any fault lines. We're a containment facility for all types of stuff. Old military equipment, heavy metals, confiscated nuclear devices, you name it. I work the security team, not the leader, just a grunt. I check that things are secure and crack any skulls that don't belong in the facility. The building itself is a massive long great room, near a mile long, with wings jutting out either side every few dozen feet. These wings are about a quarter mile long, and hold a couple hundred containment unit in each. Give or tank, some units are bigger than others. They told me we don't contain any living things, but sometimes you hear really weird shit coming from inside the containers. Which brings me to the containment unit Apple incident. Our sergeant of security told us never to open any containment unit, especially containment unit Apple. Sarge and the head researchers and containment handlers were all pretty adamant about never ever, ever opening Apple unit. I didn't really give a shit. My job wasn't to know what was in them. Most nights I just walked around the wings and made sure all was quiet 
and called in any aberrations with any of the units. The other night, I was patrolling, and I was passing the wing that housed Apple Unit. I saw that a progress light, meaning a unit had been opened, was on. I ventured down to see if there was an intake or a breach or whatever. I was mildly nervous because I knew Apple was down there, and the lump in my throat was real when I saw Apple's occupation light was blinking. I pulled the control panel over in its swivel and checked to see who had opened Apple. I radioed that a unit was active and the response was fast. They knew I was in wing 17 where Apple was. The response was heavy with dread and the responder's voice wavered and cracked. I stopped listening. The screen on the control panel told me head researcher Chief Anders had opened the unit and was inside. I was told priority to make sure HRC Anders was never compromised. I tapped in the code to Apple, and the door began to hiss on its hydraulic hinges. I was not about to be fired and spend the rest of my days in prison because of my neglect. I heard footsteps behind me, and men screaming at me not to open the door and what have you done? Something fast and not human sprang from the shadowed depths of containment unit Apple. It hit me, and I felt razors in my arm. I fell to the ground. I'm hazy about this part. Screaming, gunfire. I saw one of the lab coats step over me with an escort of seven men circling him, firing in all directions. The research assistant closed Unit Apple. It was too late. I could hear the thing running all over Wing 17, ripping men apart, and the gunfire was constant. More men poured into the wing, firing madly. I must have gotten stepped on or kicked in the head because I was not conscious for the rest of the scuffle. I was told 40 men had responded to the containment unit Apple incident, and only three men were left, aside from me. The lab coat that closed the door didn't make it. They told me I was lucky to come in contact with Apple and still live. I guess this has happened a few times before and was always full of casualties. They let me stay on as security after I took a legal oath never to go in Wing 17 again, unless there was an active situation and as backup only. In exchange, I let them run tests on me after surviving an encounter with whatever that thing was. I asked what the creature was. What were we keeping in containment unit Apple? One of the coats got serious and said to me, It's not what's contained in unit Apple. It's where unit Apple leads to. I learned about loops when I went out on a drive with my grandfather and his trusty old truck. Initially, we didn't realize it. We'd be in deep conversation about school, and it wasn't until he trailed off that I noticed the surroundings were disturbingly quiet. Our town was small, but still large enough that traffic noises were prevalent. Yet, not a single honk sounded. Even more strangely, no other vehicles passed us. Sam, Grandpa suddenly said, breaking the silence. Before I could turn, he quickly reached out and held my face so that I continued facing the front. From the way he sounded, he was doing the same. No matter what you hear or feel, don't turn your head. Keep looking forward. Something told me that I shouldn't argue. I watched as a road sign came up. Blackmore Drive. Despite the terse silence, nothing else happened for a while. I started getting bored, so I decided to speed read all the signs we were zooming by. Blackmore Drive... Wait. Isn't this the third time I've seen it? Grandpa, uh, this sign... I felt it then. Maybe he had been waiting for me to realize all along. 
a presence very close to my face. Unfortunately, peripheral vision filled in the blanks. A gaunt, gray, shriveled face was almost cheek to cheek with me. It had no body. There was no way it could fit in this tiny, cramped cab. For a moment, there was no movement. It was almost like the entity was reading road signs with me. Then it slowly started turning towards me. No. Don't acknowledge it. It was fully facing me. Its eyeballs were almost touching my own face. Yet I felt no breath blowing over me. I almost shrieked when something wet and slimy touched my cheek. Was this thing licking me? I decided I didn't want to know when I felt the slimy thing dragging up my face. I just wanted this whole nightmare to end. Next to me, Grandpa floored the accelerator. The entity gradually opened its mouth. Its jaw stretched wider than any human maul could. Almost the length of my whole head. And it inched even closer. Razor-sharp teeth started digging into my scalp and chin. I whimpered. Just then, a horn blared. I jumped, but I never had been so happy to hear the sound of traffic. Noises were turned around us. The painful pinpricks were gone. Vaguely, I noticed that tears had been running down my face. Before I could ask, Grandpa spoke. Loops. You get into one, you just have to keep driving until you break out of it. My own grandpa taught me about this. You keep looking straight and you never acknowledge them. That's the only way you get out alive. He turned to me and smiled assuringly. I had to stop myself from screaming when I saw the angry red mark running from his jaw to his temple. My own face started to burn. It, it's gone. What the fuck do you mean it's gone? I mean it's gone. It disappeared. Kevin looked through the telescope. Alex had to be lying. No fucking way. Yes, fucking way. Kevin got up from the telescope. Alex took his place. It makes no sense. How can the big red spot just go? I don't know. You sure it's just not on the other side? I'm not stupid, Kevin. I watched it literally vanish. Kevin gave Alex a light punch on the arm. Wasn't calling you an idiot, Alex. Kevin paused. Do you think NASA knows about this? Alex looked up. Kevin, they're probably screaming at each other about why it is impossible and how it happened. You're probably right. Alex returned, looking through the telescope. Hang on, Kevin. Come here. What is it? It's back. The red spot, it, it's come back. Really? Yeah, come have a look. Again, Alex wasn't lying. The big red spot was back. Don't know why, Kevin, but something really bugs me. Why would the red spot disappear and reappear? It makes no sense. Same here. It seems a bit strange. Kevin jumped back from the telescope, falling down to the grass as he did so. Alex. What? Uh, Jupiter. Just blinked. I suddenly woke up from a deep sleep with the horrible feeling that someone was watching me. It was extremely odd. I wasn't having a nightmare. I hadn't been startled awake by some strange noise. I simply woke up and felt like someone was staring at me. 
I tried to shake it off and explain away the uncomfortable feeling to no avail. The hair stood up on my neck. Terrified, I threw on a coat and left my apartment heading for the closest place open where I wouldn't be alone. I stumbled upon a 24-hour diner a block away. I scanned the restaurant as I sat down, happy to see an older couple having breakfast. I had finally calmed down and settled in when the waitress asked me for my order. A cup of coffee, please, I said. And do you happen to have apple pie? Sure, hon, she answered, coming right up. I started to ready my coffee. Not too much cream, but just enough to lighten the color, and the feeling returned. I jumped from the table, scanning the windows of the diner, expecting to see an old boyfriend, a relative, anyone. But there was no one there. Just a reflection of the waitress looking at me startled. I sat back down, feeling quite foolish. The waitress returned to my table with a carafe coffee. You look like you may need this, sweetheart. Long night? Yes, it has been. Have you ever had that feeling that you were being watched? I felt uncomfortable all day like someone was stalking my every move. I know that sounds crazy, but no, hun, that's not crazy at all. It happened to me too. All of us, I assume. Don't worry, it'll pass. You sound like you've had a lot of experience with this kind of thing, I said, smiling. Years ago, but not much anymore. I'm an old woman now, she laughed. Oh. But when I was younger, that was a different story. I was in love with a handsome doctor. We had a wonderful romance. People watched me all the time. It's been a long time since I felt that feeling, but when someone comes in like you, they pay attention to me again. They? Oh, uh, don't you worry, hun. You seem like an interesting person. You're going to keep their attention for sure. Now I'll leave you to it. She said and walked away. I finished paid the check, and started the short walk home, still thinking about the bizarre conversation with the waitress. She seemed too normal to be crazy. Maybe she was high or senile. No. She acted very sober and friendly. I was feeling more and more confused until suddenly I realized the truth. Everything just made sense. You've been there all along watching me, haven't you? Now that I've noticed you, I'm terrified of what it might mean. Who was I before you started reading? And where will I go when you stop? When the pandemic swept across the world, teleconferencing became standard for most people. Since internet connectivity had only been developed in the past century, most people would never link teleconferencing with the entities that haunt older things, ancient buildings, places, artifacts. They should. These things feed on the energy of people. The more people there are in a place, the more they manifest. Do your part to keep them at bay by observing the rules below. 1. Upon joining a meeting, always make sure you're on mute. Only unmute when you have to speak. This helps participants to quickly notice when there are noises that shouldn't be there. 2. The moment you hear noises that shouldn't be there, stay silent. If everyone does that within five seconds, the entity will know that it's been discovered and leave. 3. If you're using a zoom background that keeps flickering, the AI is detecting a presence you can't see. Switch off your background immediately and pretend that everything is okay. The presence is harmless if it thinks you are unaware. 4. Never be the only participant in a meeting for too long. If you are early, 
disconnect and connect back at a later time. If not, you might find unwelcome participants joining. When that happens, it's too late. They've already noticed you. 5. Sometimes you may observe other participants' video image being replaced by that of an unknown person. This is caused by the entities trying to mimic humans. Act as if you haven't noticed anything. Then the other person will be safe. If anyone mentions the change, just remember one thing. The next time you meet, the person whose image was replaced will no longer be the one you know. 6. You are using the video camera. Do not leave your feed unattended for too long. If a participant leaves their seat beyond a certain amount of time, their video feed might cut to something else. If you see a face that's not human, don't panic. Don't answer its questions. 7. If someone's video feed cuts to a long, dark, empty corridor, immediately kick them out of the meeting or leave it yourself. When you wait until you can see the figure at the end, it's too late to end the meeting. At that point, you can see the whites of their eyes. It's too late for everyone. 8. Lastly, don't forget, humans aren't the only ones capable of adapting. Never read these rules through any electronic media. That's where they live now. <laughs>